I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. No matter how far you run from them, childhood tragedies have a way of catching back up with you. So is true of elite scuba diver Veronica West, who's about to encounter something unexplainable at the bottom of the ocean, something that will draw her back to her home on Sinclair Island, Maine. There, she'll lead a dangerous rescue mission to the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, home of the world's largest tides, and something horrific down in the depths. Listen to Narcosis, the latest horror fiction show on Realm's premier horror channel, Undertow. Narcosis is available now. Search for Undertow or Narcosis wherever podcasts are served. Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tim. Uh, today I received my first vaccine, so I'm half vaxxed and I'm ready to uh, ready to rock and roll here with uh, this episode. Life's pretty good. How are you? I'm fully vaxxed, uh, so I'm happy that you're half vaxxed. Let's get let's let's get together at some point, for God's sake. Oh my God, this is actually a possibility sometime soon. <laughs> no, I think we're doing just <laughs> fine over Zoom. Hey, wait, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Lance, in this episode, we have a couple of old friends, and uh, it's nice to have a light intro because this episode is kind of light, too. It's just kind of like hanging out with some friends, talking a little bit of true crime, joking around a lot. We're talking with Darren Carp and John Thrasher, formerly of the Martinis and Murder podcast with Oxygen. Now they're independent, and they're doing a new podcast called Shaken and Disturbed. Right, and one of the greatest parts about being in a friendship with these two is that we can talk about the business of podcasting. We can talk about a, a more serious uh, topic involving um, prison reform or 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 missing individuals, something that is uh, true crime related, where we can talk passionately. But then we can just veer off the path a little bit. We can have a good couple of belly laughs. We can get back on the path, and it, it's a very easy comfortable transition when we when we're talking with uh, these two and their show shaken and disturbed is fantastic and you should definitely toggle yourselves over there too um i feel i feel bad because i'm taking your line there but definitely toggle over when you're done listening to this episode and subscribe <laughs> to shaken and disturbed i'm gonna sue you for that lance cease and desist <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. I hope you enjoy this conversation and go check out Shaking and Disturbed. Thanks a lot for listening. Tell your friends. If you don't have any friends, just tell a stranger. Welcome back to the podcast, John and Darren of Shaken and Disturbed. What's going on? Hi. Hello. 
what's going on? Good to see you guys. What a crazy year it's been since, what, the last <laughs> Crime Con we saw you guys in 2019? It's 19. a different world now. Oh, my God. Well, we are looking at each other. We're not physically in the same That's location. Right. We're operating over Zoom. Um, some of us were on time. Some of us were a little late. Listen, I'm not gonna always name names, but on time. The one woman was on time and professional. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you guess who that was. Could be John. Could be me. Mm, we don't know. Mm, we'll just mm. we'll we'll put it out there to the audience. We'll just leave it in the audience's yeah. hands. Yeah. Um, but for real, two minutes before we started recording this, we were already cracking up. It was it was already <laughs> it was already a good time. So. Um, if it sounds like we just kind of rolled right into this, it's because we did. <laughs> How are you guys? I'm so excited to talk to you guys because, as Darren mentioned, was it 2019 CrimeCon? Which, by the way, all of them are blurring together in my head <laughs> at this point in my life. So I don't even remember where that was. Can I think it was New Orleans. Me? That one was uh, New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys love CrimeCon? If you don't mind me just setting, starting the show by interviewing you. Oh, I think it's a blast going yeah. there and, and hanging out and talking to everyone. It's it's so much fun. Totally. Oh, I miss it. Yeah. What yeah. what about you guys? I mean, you guys must uh love it uh doubly because you're um well, you were Martinis and Murder was was That's very right. uh featured there and and yeah. you guys are like celebrities. <laughs> Oh God, Darren's I don't, I don't think that. I'm just excited that John, because when people want to take our picture, he always has a good side. And for some mm-hmm. reason, we're never sitting on the side that's his good side. So whenever we stand up to take a picture, he'd be we like, can we move. switch, sweetie? Yeah. Um, and it. so, I, you know, listen, you're high maintenance. I got to <laughs> I gotta support you in this. You're a diva and I just have yeah. to let it go. Um, but I do miss crime con. I mean, listen, it's nice meeting other people, not only who have been obviously like affected by these crimes and getting to submit their cases, but also to meet guys like you and get to hang out with people who have a mutual Mm -hmm. appreciation for true crime and who are in the space doing good work. It's nice. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I will say like every one of like, I feel like every year that we went Darren and I would, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this to you two, we would be like, so what are we excited for? And it would always be like, Tim and Lance, Lance. obviously, (laughs) like we love them. Because yes. let's, let me be honest about something, you know, like, listen, the true crime world is full of very eccentric personalities, different types of personalities are doing what we do. And I remember, I think you guys were our first ever interview on Martinez and Murder way back mm, in the yeah. day. And I remember just not necessarily being nervous, but just being hyped and excited. And like, we hadn't met you guys at that point. And like, we just clicked with you guys so instantly that like... Yeah. It's just a good feeling to like know that you guys are still doing this and when we see you in all these different events. Um, so hopefully, maybe this year, probably next year for sure, we'll be at CrimeCon again. Um, but this time with Shaken and Disturbed, our new our new show, which is not Martinez right. and Murder. It's a, uh, it's a it's a great show, and I want to get into Thank that. You. Um, but I want to just uh, back that statement up. When Tim and I went to New York <laughs> and visited the two of you, we were terrified. Uh, Why? We were, it was. Why? Well, I mean, it was. Uh, come on, like it was. It was NBC. It I was, am that good I mean, looking. You're right. And it I'm was good looks. looking, and it's. Were you terrified you're going to see me and instantly turn gay because it's a decision? <laughs> yes. Is that what was happening here? Yeah, I can understand. Because it's a choice, that. right? I mean, exactly. that's a choice. Of course, yes, of I've had a lot of close calls in the past, and I was like, <laughs> John, John's going to be the one that puts me over the over the finish line. 
No, I get that. I mean, we kind of forget that, you know, like, yeah, we, you guys came to 30 Rock and I remember right. yeah. we were on in some like really bright, I just remember being like extremely bright, like conference room. On the 46th floor, I remember. 46th my floor. Old floor. Oh, that's and right. I was like, that was the, the Bravo floor. What are we doing floor. up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the white Russians helped or were they black Russians? Mm, they were white Russians. I white remember. Russians. They were definitely, yeah. they were definitely yeah. white Russians. Yeah, that's Probably always- my idea. It 100% was. That's always the the easy. You can always rely on the drink in your hand to like ease any tension. And uh, you guys kept yeah. up with us, which I was very impressed with. So uh, that's, that 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 deserves some excitement. That's true. You guys were there, I think, to talk about Missing Mara Murray, which was the show that was yeah. popping up on Oxygen at the moment. But like, I know you guys have like you know keep in touch with that case. But can you like tell us like what's the latest with that? Like from now from based on like when you guys first walked in had there been any developments since then <laughs> how long you got john <laughs> i know i'm i know i set you guys up for that did you one, but... did you want to talk about shaken and disturbed <laughs> <laughs> they've only done a podcast about this entire case i know for so long. i know right, exactly but... well i mean like where are you guys in that journey specifically yeah. as well? what was the last you guys know Right now, it's March 2021. It's a little tough to talk about the case because it's almost hard to jump so far deep. And then I also don't really know how to talk about it on a surface level, I feel like, anymore, too. Right. Um, we, we did do kind of like another extensive deep dive in 2020 on her case on Missing Maura Murray. And, and that kind of, I want to say, shook things up a bit and allowed us to maybe uh we kind of shifted the focus of our show a little bit but it also allowed us to kind of um take a step back a little bit after that extreme that new extreme deep dive am i making sense here lance yeah for sure yeah oh yeah yeah the, the new deep dive was very centered on the community that looks into Morris case and and finding out what these people had come up with and also finding out where some of the uh, strengths and deficiencies were in the community. Not not calling people out or naming it. We're just we're just saying yeah. this person's done it like this and this is really good information and and hopefully try to mold the 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 people who are just tuning in if they want to look into the case. Like oh, I can follow this sort of guideline for it and. It opened us up to work a lot more uh, in depth and a lot more um, uh, vigorously yeah. with um, our nonprofit private investigations for the missing. So we branched off and did the sister show Just Missing, which features mm -hmm. all of the cases right. that come from our nonprofit, which was founded by Bruce Maitland. So it was like this, this strong community push and then a bit of a pivot, but we still do more. Don't, don't, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. We still do more, but... Um, there's so many, and you know, there's yeah. so many other stories out there and yeah. we get them every day through this nonprofit and we just right. needed to, we, we needed to figure out a way to channel all that. So, but it's worked, it's worked so yeah. far and you know, it's been a, it's been a, a positive move. No, you guys have been incredible forces in that and it shouldn't go overlooked. Just like your passion, sort of just doing this on your own time to help solve these cases and bring, you know, justice to the family is I, I, it, I commend both of you for just sticking with it and doing it because you've done a lot for people that you probably don't even realize. I do wonder about you guys though, because 
you know, I remember people always ask me on Martini's and they were like, what's that one case that kind of haunts you that you wish you could solve, right? And like with Jean Benet, I feel like I have a reasonable sense of I knew what happened. Like maybe not proven in the court of law, but like I, I'm, I'm at peace with what I think the answer is. And the case that always haunted me was Elisa Lamb, who Netflix just came out with that documentary like a month and a half ago. And I do feel like that case was kind of concluded from that documentary and it was almost like this letdown because I, and and I don't mean that in a way that like I don't want it to be solved, but in a way that was like, I thought this was going to be like the mystery of all mysteries and it probably just ended up being, you know, mental health issues and not taking your medication. Is that what you guys think with some of these missing cases, especially Maura Murray? It's like if you solve the case and it ends up being... For whatever reason, you know, maybe it was a mental health issue. She got lost in the woods. She froze to death. Whatever it ends up being, are you guys sort of expecting this surprise answer to it? Or would you be sort of let down if it was kind of like this, oh, that's what happened type of thing? <laughs> no, I mean, I think closure is is obviously, or uh, one even one step closer to it would be um, a huge a huge break. So whatever yeah. it is, um, I'm all there for it. Um, I do feel like it's something kind of complicated, but that's just my personal uh, sort of theory creeping in now. Do you think it's going to get solved? I yes, I do. I I do. Mm-hmm. Really? And, okay, and that's good. and. Yeah, I mean, it's it is one of those cases that's considered a cold case in that it's old, uh, you know, seventeen years now. Um, but right. it is not cold in that there are a lack of um, sort of action going on behind the scenes. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's good news that you guys think it can be solved. That's pretty great. I think it's pretty uh, interesting that you mentioned the Netflix documentary about Elisa Lam because we were just talking about it earlier and we talked to John Lorden about it and it was that feeling, right? And and it's funny you mention it, that, that feeling of this uh, modern day folklore, uh, you know, paranormal, like glimpse into the paranormal and, and you wanted it to be this thing and the end was not what you wanted it to be and it almost reminds me, even the way you described it, it almost reminded me of um, the end of No Country for Old Men. Not in any way, shape, or form <laughs> like the, the content, but just right. when you saw the end, you were like, really? You're and then like, the more you thought oh. about it, the more you were like, well, I guess it makes sense because that's life. Like that's life. It just it's sometimes it sucks, and uh, that was that's the end of Elisa Lamb's case. It's nothing big. It's she was suffering. It was her mental, yeah, right. And like she might have caused her own death. And like as shitty as that is, and I'm not saying that the families don't deserve closure. It's kind of like I don't know, like this big mystery that had been haunting us for so long, and it ended up being this accidental kind of thing and I'm not saying I'm disappointed like that's the wrong word but it's like I definitely have a visceral reaction to it I feel like we we build ourselves up for this great mystery to be solved I mean even with Jean Benet and we have our theories and I don't need to go in I don't want you guys getting sued for any reason but like who I think that it is wasn't as interesting as the mystery that I built up in my mind about the ransom note and then this and then that and uh I don't know. You get emotionally involved in every one of these cases. And it's like, it's weird. It's hard not to get attached is my point. No, I agree. I think especially with that case, um, and, and we talked about this on the air, how how kind of conspiracies in general are a little less fun to talk about in 2021 yeah. after uh, the Capitol riot. And uh, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and, you know, it really is kind of coming down to true crime, too. And now that really that goes for the Elisa Lamb case, too, which I'm again, I think that's fine. That's great. We kind of have closure there. Like there's yes. really no reason to uh, call it a, par- a paranormal 
a mystery um, at this point. Absolutely. But uh, I, I think that's an interesting, an interesting thing. I think we're sort of entering a new era where, uh, you know, we're trying to be more responsible about these things. Let's hope. Let's hope. Because even though it's like the deep fakes online sometimes, I'm like, man, no one's going to be able to tell the truth anymore. Oh my God. And these cases aren't going to get solved. I fell for a deep fake the other day, and I'm I'm usually pretty good at this, just being a digital producer and as a career. But have you guys? I'm sure I don't know if you just talked about, it, but the Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise things. Yeah, I was who like, because so it's a guy who, first of all, it's a guy who looks like Tom Cruise using deep fake technology on himself anyway. So it was like, I looked at it, I was like, there's no way that that's fake. Like that is Tom Cruise. And then like two days later, it's like Tom Cruise deepfakes taking taking over TikTok, taking over the internet. And I'm like, wow, that's the first time I definitely fell for deepfake. And that's really scary if I'm like already kind of thinking about that and then not noticing it. I don't know, guys. No, we are yeah, we're on the on the cusp of something mm-hmm. truly creepy here. Um <laughs> That was yeah. that, that destructive, was, that, maybe. Yeah. That was one a might say yeah. you're on the brink of being shaken. And disturbed. Oh my goodness! What a very smooth segue. What a segue! Holy crap! This is why you guys are the pros. This is I know for my segues for sure. Yeah, Darren knows how to set you up for things. That's for sure. Darren and John, you have a new podcast, and it is called Shaken and Disturbed. Sort of a take on the the other title, Martinis and Murder, right? Little bit. Yes. Yeah. We we wanted to have a little bit of a cheat drinking factor into it we were definitely still imbibing as we talk about the shows and so <laughs> we're still we had, drunks yes we're still <laughs> drunks uh we still, still like have, having a good time but yeah we were kind of thinking like shaken and stirred and what could be like the 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 spinoff of that and so we came up with shaken and disturbed actually darren came up with it let's give you full credit darren and it was <laughs> Bravo. i just remember like we had spent our we had spent weeks and weeks i'm sure you guys have probably done this at some point in your creative careers and it was like nothing was really sticking and like we wanted something that felt like us, you know, and it was yeah. finally like our our independent show. We weren't doing it through a network anymore. And Darren had texted Shaken and Disturbed and I was like, that's pretty good. And then we were on a call and she said it and I was like, ooh, that has a ring to it that I like that's different than just the printed version. So for anyone out there trying to come up with podcast <laughs> titles talk it out loud you know like because it really kind of once i heard it it was like that's the one darren's good at this (laughs) but yeah that's our new show the uh the logo is really brilliant too it kind of looks like it could be spilled wine but it could be spilled blood blood who knows you know lance this is the great thing about art is it is completely up to the person viewing it you know what i mean so what could it (laughs) be Might be be a bloody martini you never know Mm. maybe we're you know we're army hammers of the world maybe we're cannibals (laughs) you don't know you just don't know could it be could it be our splashes of our own tears i don't know it could be could be a combination of all of the above exactly exactly but i like it yeah before yes. we get into it, what what happened with Martinis and Murder? Can we? Are you at um, liberty to to talk about that? Was there a big blowout, and you were like, "Our creative"? John threw freedom. his wig across the room. It was. I flipped a table. It was wild. It was a mess. No, um, no. I mean, I mean, this. There's not a lot of drama behind the scenes. It was just. It was time for us to renew our contract, and we started yeah. talking about it, and. Darren and I had always wanted to kind of do something independent anyway. And 
it was just a good time to be like, you know what, this was an, an amazing four years. We love Oxygen. We loved working with them. We loved everything that came with Martinis and Murder. Um, but frankly, we just wanted to kind of be a little bit more in control of our own creative. And Darren, I don't know if you have anything more to add yeah, to it. Yeah, I was, was going to say it was literally, it wasn't even dramatic at all. It was actually a, a pretty clean break. But I think after four years of being supported by this amazing true crime mm-hmm. network that we, 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 give, we give it up to them for, there was a lot of red tape when you get attached to a company and things you can't say and, and stuff like that, which is good, but it keeps John and I as honest as possible with these cases, of course, and we try not to let our opinions kind of color any facts facts that we're giving. But at the same time, I think the audience now wants to hear our opinions, whether or not it's true or fact. I think that's what makes podcasting kind of different than, let's say, the news. And so we weren't able to do that as much, so we kind of felt like a contract negotiation was the time to to. to Spread our, yeah. spread our wings, if you will, yes. Yeah, and we're on good terms. Everything's good. I mean, we're just really excited to kind of now go to CrimeCon with our own ideas and our right. own kind of direction that we want to sort of take our personalities because we feel, you know, Darren and I have, this isn't our first podcast. This is our third podcast together, Darren, which is kind of weird to think about. Yes, I know. Um, so we feel like we're in a great place. Yeah. What was the first podcast? It was a podcast called Currently that uh, John and I would basically just talk about our, our lives. It was back in 2014, 15. We talk about pop culture, everything that was happening in our jobs. John coming from the Oxygen world, me coming from the Bravo world. Um, yeah. And we just kind of did it as like a hobby, like trying to yeah. get up our chops. It wasn't meant to be anything like, this is a cool twist. It was literally... John and I developing our relationship, which was odd because it was so <laughs> foreshadowing of then Oxygen asking us to do the podcast. And John was like, I already have a relationship with Darren. This is kind of great. And so it ended up being this homework that we didn't think we were doing. And, and it was That's really a great a lot way of fun. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And I had just done, I had just finished my Glee podcast. That's right. Oh, this is a oh, very Lord. gay episode of Crawl Space. <laughs> um, I'm a Gleek and the show had ended. So we were doing a recap, you know, it was like we recapped every episode and, you know, we kind of put that show to bed and I was just like eager. Like I didn't really have something planned. And then I had just met Darren and I was like, she's so like popular and in demand and everyone loves her. Would she ever want to do a show with me? But I was like, you know, and Darren can talk about this. We've talked about it a lot. Like when we met, which was like at an upfront event, which is like an insider TV event in 2014, I want to say, Darren. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like we clicked so instantly. But by the way, Darren clicks with everyone. She's a great personality. Like I don't click with I'm everyone. A slut, is what he's trying yeah. to say. That's you're you're a click did. slut. In I a click sense. with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um and I don't click with everyone. So like the fact that I was like able to click with Darren, I thought was a great indicator. So anyway, asked her to do currently just to do a show because I was like open-ended. I was like, I want to just do a talk show because I hadn't really done that. I got so wrapped up in recapping television episodes of Glee. And so, yeah, we did currently for, I think, a hundred and some episodes. I don't even know if it's still available. I think I stopped paying the server bill. Oops. Um, Just to give you guys an idea, though, we would talk about, I used to call John, like, so dumb. I was like, Trump's not getting elected, John. And I would, like, lecture him. And I was like, that's ridiculous. And now listening back, like, I just couldn't. No, no. I was thinking the same thing. We all, many people were thinking that. I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's hard to listen to now. Yes. So that's our podcast history for anyone who cares. 
<laughs> well, congratulations. I'm very excited about Thanks. the new show. Um, and uh, I'm excited that you're going to give your opinions. And uh, you mentioned something, Darren, you mentioned someone. And I want to get your opinion on this right off the bat. Let's okay. let's get into it. <laughs> Army Hammer. What, what is going on here? <laughs> Which is sexual assault allegations on uh, Army Hammer, and yeah. uh, it's certainly it's not funny, but uh, really disturbing. Well, yeah. I, you know, I come at it from a couple different angles here because, like, there's a pop culture aspect to it, right? Like, the consent thing is in its own bubble. That's never okay. Mm-hmm. That has to be seen as a criminal thing. That's in its opposite. I'm not even touching that because. A lot of cases need to go forward with that. That is absolutely like consent is 100% appropriate. But let's take that out of this entire kind of pop culture realm just for a moment uh, to look at it. Because I think, you know, listen, when you're a celebrity and you have a kink, let's say, uh, it's probably pretty hard to have that kink out in public, I imagine. I imagine that it's pretty pretty, pretty hard. People want to kind of catch you in this thing. Now, consent aside, which would be horrible, if he was just texting these fairly cannibalistic kind of kinky text messages to women. I don't necessarily see anything wrong with that. I don't, we don't believe in kink shaming on the show. You know, uh, sex work is a viable industry. We are very supportive of people who want to get into it. You know, we understand the BDSM community exists, all that stuff. As long as people are consenting adults, live and let live. Uh, you know, I was just doing this pilot show. We were talking about this conspiracy theory of Army Hammer and the, and the, and the statement was kind of like, is Army Hammer 100% a cannibal? And I was like, what does 85% cannibal look like? You know, like, is it, do you have to be 100% cannibal? Like, what? what's the medium there? Uh, that was Good his question. quote. That, yeah. that was what he had texted to one of these women that I am 100%, 100%. cannibal. Right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wow, what is 82%? <laughs> um, you know, and the consent thing aside is a very serious thing. Outside of that, though, if people were consenting, I think this just happens to be kind of a weird kink thing that we're shaming him for. Uh, obviously, with the consent, it, it throws in a new wrench into the whole mm-hmm. system. What do you think, John? Well, I'll be honest with you. When I hear the word cannibal, I just blackout and I don't want anything to do with it so I don't even really I didn't follow it that much because I find that in that one thing about true crime and just the world that we live in is just somewhat unbearable for me um and I can you know I can handle a lot of this stuff for the most part but that is one thing I just can't really even speak on it and I'm glad Darren you have a great perspective on it because I was like I don't really know and I don't really want to know so that's how I that's my I have take. to keep up with this stuff for my job. <laughs> yeah, right. You're doing but, it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to see how the consent stuff kind of plays out because hopefully right. if he was doing anything that wasn't consensual, he should absolutely be held accountable for that. I think one of the more uh, uh, under understated or under broadcast parts was the reaction of his family. I, re- I read a reaction. I think it's his ex-wife now where she's just she was just horrified. Like, could you imagine, you know, like finding that out in that way? Like, yes, but I also kind of find it hard to believe that she wouldn't know about that either. Like, it does seem a little odd. The weird thing for me was when we were kind of going through this entire case, they pulled up a, I want to say it was an Instagram video, that the wife, now ex-wife, had posted of of their son, like, sucking Army's 
toes for seven minutes. Like she had videoed this. You got to look up the video because it's 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 wild. What? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, listen, Tim Lance. When you're home at nine and you're by yourself, I know you're gonna look up these videos. I know how you guys are on the privacy of your own home. But it was this Instagram video of seven minutes of the wife being like, "Is this normal for kids?" Ha ha ha. And the kids like. Was anyone else really August. nervous? To... No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Darren. No, go ahead. I didn't realize that you were you were pressing. I, was anyone else really nervous about what that third word was going to come out of? Like, I was like, please don't let it be something more terrible. Okay, toes, got it. Okay. Well, I toes. Think it, it, it just goes Ugh. to show that, like, I, listen, I'm not a parent, but I certainly would think it was a little weird to have my kid yeah. maybe sucking on my toes for seven minutes and then videoing it, and then you know claiming to be Ugh. shocked. I think it's possible that she was absolutely shocked. It's also possible she wasn't and playing to the public and, and in that way. It's unclear right now. It is unclear. That should be the name of our podcast, That's, Unclear. <laughs> it's unclear, yeah. It is unclear. Yes. Yeah. One thing I thought was was really strange, we retweeted uh, an article from the Huffington Post said woman woman accuses Army Hammer of rape, feared actor was going to kill her. Um, we tweeted that out a few days ago, and immediately there was a comment under that from an account called Support Army Hammer, who said she was stalking him actually hashtag support army hammer <laughs> and that was one of the, one of the things that i found really peculiar about this whole thing uh and and this account is very small like a like hundred followers well if lance was wondering why i wasn't following anyone on twitter it's for this reason alone because i am not good on twitter because twitter is the <laughs> devil i uh i i read a I read a, a statement that said la is instagram and twitter is new york which is so accurate you have absolutely no idea um i mean listen right like you could you could tweet that the sky is blue and you could get fifty thousand people saying no you're an idiot it's clearly an off-white color with a mixture of aqua like there you you can't please everyone i mean obviously there's going to be people who come out in support of him and obviously there's going to be people who are against him i think the point is let's trust allegations but verify them absolutely it it shouldn't just be enough to hear allegations and then okay i'm set like it is innocent until proven guilty in the court of law now whether or not we think that he is or not i still think that statement uh it should work for army hammer just just like it should work for a ted bundy just like just like it should work for us it is it is innocent until proven guilty and i think it's important to get all the facts straight before we kind of either end this guy and or you know say save army hammer or whatever you know Mm -hmm. we don't want to be on the wrong side here so it's kind of important to get all those facts out sometime in the early 80s ario speedwagon's airplane made an unannounced middle of the night landing this is my friend kyle mclaughlin the star of twin peaks and he's telling me about how he discovered a real life twin peaks in rural north carolina not far from where he filmed blue velvet What was on the plane was copious amounts of drugs coming in from South America. Supposedly, Pablo Escobar went looking for other spots, quiet, out-of-the-way places to bring in his cocaine. My name is Joshua Davis, and I'm an investigative reporter. Kyle and I talk all the time about the strange things we come across, but nothing was quite as strange as what we found in Varnumtown, North Carolina. There's crooked cops, brother against brother. Everyone's got a story to tell, but does the truth even exist? Welcome to Varnum Town. Varnum Town is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, listeners. I'm Vanessa Richardson, host of the podcast Serial Killers. 
Like many of you, I'm fascinated by the darker side of humanity. What causes someone to develop such deadly desires and why they decide to act on them? For the past six years, I've been able to explore these curiosities weekly, tapping into the mental states of the world's most notorious killers, examining their backgrounds and habits, searching for answers. If you haven't had a chance to check out our show, there's truly no better time to dive in. With hundreds of episodes to binge and new ones released weekly, Serial Killers is the perfect podcast for any avid true crime fan. Follow Serial Killers on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. New England is known for its charming towns, comforting foods, and of course its historical contributions. But the Down East region can have a dark side. I'm investigative journalist Kylie Lowe, and on my weekly podcast, Dark Down East, I dig into both decades-old and modern-day cases from my home state of Maine and the greater New England area. In each episode of Dark Down East, I seek insight from law enforcement officials, family members, and other loved ones who are both deeply familiar with the cases and the individuals at the heart of them. Join me as I unveil intricacies of these stories that are often overlooked, honor the grit of those searching for justice, and shine a light on cases that you aren't hearing on other podcasts. Listen to Dark Down East now, wherever you're listening. Good point. And with the new show, Shaken and Disturbed, I think you have eight episodes and you have a couple of two-parters in here. Um, getting all these facts out and everything, you tackled, I think it was um, the third episode, you tackled uh, George Floyd and Black Lives yeah. Matter. And um, mm-hmm. I know that they have finished or they're almost done with the jury selection right now. Um, have you been following right. that? And, and what made you tackle that topic so early on in the new show's existence? I'm so glad you asked that because that's yeah. a great example of, you know, not that we had any issues, by the way, with doing whatever cases we wanted to with martinis and murder, but, you know, it obviously, because of the sensitivities, was run up a million flagpoles, and there's a lot of conversations around it under completely understandably. But, you know, now that we're doing this independently, we very much wanted to bring attention to that case and, and that movement because... You know, it was like, I think the middle of winter, you know, February something. And it's like a lot of that is so, you know, for a lot of people, sadly, is like, oh, that's something that happened last summer. And to us, it was like, let's show our audience that we're going to continue to bring these types of cases to the to to our listeners. It's not going to be endless snapped cases. It's going to be the stuff that matters a lot to us. In that episode in particular, we spent a lot of time focusing on who George Floyd was outside of that couple minute video, because when you see his face, you see him, you know, sadly on the ground, you have all these terrible images of him, but he was so much more than that. And a lot of times, especially in the Black Lives Matter movement and the victims in this movement, they're only defined by these moments that we see on the news. And Darren and I were just very... um, very much wanted to highlight that this show will not just be the top headlines of of any old murder case. It's like we have a message, we have a thought process that goes into these um, these selections and these stories, and 
what better time than, you know, February, uh, you know, being Black History Month to highlight those stories and bring attention. You know, last year, one of the most proudest moments I had in my career was we did a full episode on Martinis and Murder about the Marsha P. Johnson case during, um, you know, Pride Month. Those types of things, you know, I feel like personally, and Darren, please let me know what you think too. We have a sort of obligation or responsibility as broadcasters and podcasters to bring attention to these cases that otherwise, you know, aren't, you're not getting the full details. You're not getting the full scope of who these people are. And that's really um, what these stories are, you know, the human elements of all of this is what makes it interesting and educational, even for people who might not be as in tune to those to those issues. Yeah, and piggybacking off of that, I mean, I, I, I agree with everything John said. And I think something especially like George Floyd, where it affected the mm-hmm. entire, certainly the entire country, probably the entire world, but certainly the United yeah. States, where everything was so macro, right? And everything became so politicized, just about everything that we kind of forget that a, a person died and a family was affected. And and, and, mm-hmm. and even though I don't think anyone forgot that George Floyd was a victim, I think he was also looking at it in such a big, big yeah. scope that we kind of forget these little details. And, you know, something that we try to do on Martinis and Murder that we absolutely are doing on Shaken and Disturbed is like we always make sure that the victims get their names said and their voices heard in whatever way they possibly can po- uh, po- posthumously. And, you know, even with Ted Bundy, most people can't name five Ted Bundy victims. You know, they don't remember their That's names. True. And they know Ted Bundy. And that, and we might know Derek Chauvin and we might know his name for better or for worse because he's now being, you know, being tried. Mm-hmm. But, like, so many people forget the intricacies of a human life. And for me, because I'm so anti-death penalty especially, I really, really value, as does John, I know, a human life is worth it in every sort of way. And we just try and give all those details that we possibly can. And I think that's also why we waited a long time too, was because we wanted to get all the facts out there mm-hmm. and straight and orderly. You guys are you guys are drunk right now? That, well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine if you were... You, Not quite. I mean, we should be drunk. I'm going to do three shots passionate. after this. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Very passionate, yes. What's your opinion on H.H. Holmes? I noticed you uh, you covered uh, that, that son of a bitch in a couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's wild, dude. I mean, in so many ways. I mean, just him. Like, the weird thing about H.H. Holmes, along with a lot of other serial killers, is, like, they're actually geniuses. And I mean that sort of in this pejorative sense. I'm not saying that they're, yeah. like, so smart and so clever. But clearly they have this, like, savant-type IQ for this stuff. And he was <laughs> really the first example of this, at least in history, where he kind of created his own murder hotel, this murder castle, and had all these secret dungeons and tunnels and was able to to kill people without even being noticed. And it was just this... I mean, I, I, I'm sure it was much easier to do back then than it was today, just because we don't have social media. But, like, that castle mm-hmm. alone was, like, trippy as fuck. Right, John? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, this was one of those episodes where we really got into it and we got very passionate about how disturbing it was, for lack of a better word, with our show. But yeah, I mean, the thing that always kind of like threw me about him was how smart he was, like Darren was just saying. And like, even his handwriting, like we looked at some of his notes and his handwriting is like 
super beautiful and looks like you know he spent a lot of time like working on his craft of handwriting and it's like in the meantime he's like murdering people for their money and manipulating all these different people so but yeah, also that was callously a... admitted his killings right john like in this old yeah, English right, lady, he exactly. was like and then i took her last breath and without a moment of hesitation right. like be- because English was sort yeah. of written differently back in the 1800s, to John's point, it had all these, you know, old, you know, these, yeah. of these, um, these references of of people writing like that, and to hear him so easily describe taking someone's life was was truly disturbing in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I'm in, uh, very impressed by him setting his like web. Like he was a bit of a spider in that sense, where he set this web mm. because he knew the Chicago World's Fair was right around the corner, right, and he made this like this hotel of terror, this like death hotel and, and knew that there was going to be this influx of tourists going to the uh, Chicago world fair. Yeah. And he just like, yeah. he just took him in. He's like a businessman murderer. Like he, he was like <laughs> yeah. in the business of murder in, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, he ended up being married like 10 times all simultaneously and no one kind of knew. And, you know, know, yeah. uh, yeah, And it Mm. was like, I wonder like something like that. I thank God you, you couldn't really get, get away with today. Uh, but it was, it's creepy and wild to think that he actually got away with so many more murders that unfortunately we're never going to be able to solve. And Lance, your description of him and and the web couldn't be more perfect. That's like the Thank best you. way to yeah. describe that. Yeah, I, I like my description better when I called him a son of a bitch. Yeah, that, that's more spot on. <laughs> that's a good one too, Tim. Okay, everyone gets a uh, gets a trophy today. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Well, have you read uh, Devil in the White City? I haven't read that, uh, but I definitely no, yeah. want to definitely want to read it. Uh, it's on my list for sure. Uh, have you read it? Oh yeah, it's it's. One of my favorite. It's probably my favorite true crime book, and it um mm. the uh the cool thing about it is I got it because I thought I was going to be more interested in H. H. Holmes's story, but it parallels the building of the World Fair, and that's that mm. end of it is just like even more interesting than uh Holmes, like just what they did <laughs> yeah. in like eighteen eighty nine or whatever, and uh just like what they put them th- themselves through, all the innovations mm-hmm. that happened is super interesting book. Eric Larson, he's not promoting the show or giving us sponsorship dollars, but, but read uh, that's the book. Free yeah, plug. yeah, right. Free plug for him. Why not? Bro, Send why him not? this episode right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Exactly. <laughs> Be better. Or we'll take it you back. Better. Yeah. We'll re- retract it. We'll call you Pick a son of up. a bitch unless you fucking promote our podcast. <laughs> Don't get on Tim's bad side. That's right. That's right. What's coming up on Shaken and Disturbed? Well, we have a bunch of cases because I've been wanting to highlight um, some 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 women mm-hmm. as for Women's History Month that we're actually covering a couple for the next couple of weeks. We're covering a few Innocence Project cases because I'm an advocate right. of the Innocence Project. As I've stated before, I'm very anti uh, death penalty. In fact, just today I texted John about it. Virginia has abolished the death penalty, which is the southernmost state to do Yay. so. So very wow. excited about that. Uh, that's a that's a big win uh, for my side of the line here. So we have a couple Innocence Project cases just to highlight them coming up but we have a number of cases in our in our docket that we absolutely want to cover and you know even with current events obviously the the atlanta shooting that just happened in the spas Mm. uh, two weeks ago we absolutely want to cover it and we were going to cover it but we wanted to make sure again to have all the facts laid out before we kind of gave our opinion and then find out that we're wrong afterwards so we're going to be covering current events absolutely 
Yeah, and another thing that we're doing is we have a Patreon now, which is something we didn't have with Martinis and Murder. We're actually letting the Patreon fans tell us which episodes we will be doing uh, throughout the next couple of months. So give them a little stake in the game. Yeah, exactly. So that even something like that, you know, we're so excited to have that kind of line of communication with the people who listen to our show and are keeping us afloat. You know, that's really important to us. So very good stuff about the um, the Innocence Project and and all of that. Do you uh, use your the? I mean, obviously, you're going to use the podcast platform to 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 help uh, advocate for that. Mm-hmm. Is there any other spot where you can direct people? Is there a call to action like that you usually say um, if if anybody wants to contribute or or be a part of that particular movement? Um, what do you, where do you usually direct people? I usually direct people directly to Innocence Project site. Of course, there's a number of different organizations that are anti-death penalty, but I think the Innocence Project has sort of, you know, taken a hold of it. They're really the Goliath in this industry. I mean, I think, I don't have my numbers in front of me, but I believe that they've exonerated over 300 people on death row just based on DNA evidence alone. And so any wow. support of any anti-death penalty I'm into, but yeah, you can go to Innocence Project uh, and donate right on that website, which I do monthly. I was going to say Darren donates to it. It's innocenceproject.org if anyone's yeah. interested. Yeah. I read a uh, truly uh, disgusting article this morning about <laughs> the um, the profits that uh, for-profit uh, or private prisons, mm. the amount of money private prisons make at the expense of, I mean, low-end Innocent offenders. people. Yeah, yeah. You know, some innocent people, but, you know, people people do break the law. And they, they have, you know, there's punishments involved, but... I break the law every day. I break the law every day, you know? <laughs> I do! The amount of people that are in prison right now, I mean, in America is like, we, we by far lead the world. Have the most. Have the right. most. By far. I was happy because we're in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and Massachusetts has one of the lowest in the country for incarceration. Even that is still like number nine in the world. Oh yeah, my God. Like, how crazy you know, is that? And so many people are making so much money off of that. Well, and there's so many prisoners, and you know, obviously, we talked a little bit of 420ness, uh, who are in prison for nonviolent drug offenses. And to me, that is uh, completely horrendous. And it's a, for a, decades. It's it's a way. complete stain on our country, and I think it continues to be. If you were in prison for any nonviolent offense, I mean, and not only that, even if they were in it for it, prisons aren't doing anything to re- rehabilitate these people. We often talk right. about this, John. How it's like. A lot of mm-hmm. times, especially for, you know, homeless people, it's a mental health issue that these people need help with. It's a rehabilitation. And prisons, unfortunately, kind of encourage you to be a criminal for the rest of your life and treat it as such. And so I, uh, yeah. I have a big problem with our prison system and I have a big problem with arresting people, specifically because it is a racist, uh, a racist policy that puts a lot of these people in jail. But end the fucking drug war, people, and that will solve a lot of our prison issues for sure. That's the first thing they can do. And Lance, it's so funny you said that about the for-profit prison system, because the other day, you know, I'm back here in Maryland um, during the pandemic, just working from home, getting out of New York for a while. But I was driving and I was listening to the local radio station and I couldn't believe it. One of the ads was, and da-da-da, I won't say what radio station is, like, let's say, go 100.2, brought to you by the like Allegheny County detention center for da 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 da. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? All the way from cell block C. How you doing folks? I'm like, what the, and I'm like, 
I'm like, am I understanding this right? Like a prison has sponsored the local radio station. Like maybe I'm getting it all wrong and I should know better because I'm a broadcaster, but like this whole like talk up with like an announcer and like the da 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 detention center. And I'm just like, is this not a perfect example of like what's wrong with prison systems in this country? It's like, for lack of a better word, very disturbing. Yeah. So I don't and know. Unfortunate. Just, yeah. Are you, uh, do you plan on tackling, um, any specific uh, episodes uh, around this topic for your show? Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, uh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The problem is, is there's so many to choose from. Uh, and that's the thing is like, like, where do we start? But yes, I mean, I, I, I am, I am even just through the innocence project. I mean, I'm a very huge advocate and I talk about very strongly to much to, to John chagrin of just about how, I think people who are in prison for nonviolent, especially drug offenses, need to be let go and they need to be freed and they need to be citizens again because they haven't hurt anyone. If there's no victim, then there's no crime. Um, and it, it very much so bothers me and it angers me so much to the point that John's like, okay, Darren, stop ranting. Uh, you are getting a little <laughs> no. carried away here. But, you know, I, I absolutely think that we're going to cover a lot of these. And, you know, let me just say, as there's this pop culture uh, tie-in, Kim Kardashian got someone freed, uh, you know, a grandmother who was on, who was on, uh, in yeah. prison for a really long time and say what you will about Kim Kardashian. But the fact that she did that, I commend her tremendously for using her platform for good. And I want to cover more yeah. cases like that because we can shed some light. We have the responsibility to, and we want to. Well, we haven't made an official announcement yet, and this isn't an official announcement, but we are working on another uh, show um, featuring someone who is very familiar with the prison system, and oh. uh, we'll make an official announcement soon. I think there's some some leaking information out there, but it's going to be a very, uh, I think, important show, uh, and it's about people who have been in prison, uh, juveniles who have been incarcerated, uh, and it's essentially death by incarceration. They don't give them a life sentence, but they're put away at like 15 or 16 or 17 years old. For 50 and years. These, these yeah. young black men get 50 years, and the life expectancy is 68 years, so essentially you're there for life. Not only and that, but they expect them to come out and like get acclimated right away and, and get oh, a job right oh. away, and they, there's no... There's nothing for these ex-cons to do. There's nothing for them to do. There's no jobs for them to have. That's a, that's a good point. Um, they don't expect that, though. They're on parole. They get out. They're on parole for life. Even after right. that, it's life, and they can't leave, and they can't get a job. They right. can't do right. anything. They have to. They they have to live in an apartment building, and and scrape by, and maybe be like a a criminal informant. You know, maybe work like things like that, but. It's it's not every element of it is designed to put away a certain cross section of the population mm -hmm. and never hear from them again and forget about them. And they're the yeah. unwanteds of society. And it's it's truly disgusting because yeah. we have the resources to make this better and we have the country to make it better. And we're just not doing it. I'm we'll get you. Let's get you as a show. guest on yeah. the uh, on the Please. new show. Please, I get heated yeah. about this. I promise not to drink. I'll only have a couple shots beforehand, so that way you really get me heated. My jersey's gonna go. come out for you guys for sure. That's right, this jersey girl. <laughs> so weird. Lance was actually telling me before we started recording that he he thinks everyone who's in in prison for nonviolent uh, drug crimes should actually be just sent to the death. Uh, they should oh, be on death row. Said? I mean, yeah. that's clear. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Send them to old Sparky. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are you guys hosting this show? I know you can't talk much about it. Is this okay? It's not. You can edit this out, I guess. Yeah. But I'm just curious if it's you. Just guys, bleep but... him. It's fine. It's funnier that way. <laughs>
but seriously, I would love to hear this. I'm I Darren has inspired me and educated me about so many of these stories. So um yeah, I'm I'm very curious about it. So you you're very early on in your new show, Shaken and Disturbed. We've talked about some topics that you're going to cover. Is there like the the sort of white whale that you're waiting on and every so often you check in and you're, you, you, you get, gather some notes and you're like, someday we're going to do this one. I have one definitely that I think we're going to do eventually, but I'm sort of producing something connected with it in the background. But my former stepmother, her name, I'm glad you asked this Lance. Cause I want people to check this out. My former stepmother, her name is Deborah. This is actually mine as well. Oh, good. Yeah. I, Cause I know Darren was really into this as well. So when I was about in eighth grade, my dad married a woman and like didn't work out. No big deal. Um, but she, her son, his name is Donald Isit Jr. Um, sorry, something just moved in my room. I don't know what it was as I talk about Haunted this, house, which is yeah. weird. Um, he was, I think, 18 or 19 years old. He went off to spring break in California. He was a young gay man in the 90s i think this was 1999 or something and he never came back and um she had a phone call with him like uh i want to say like the week before or maybe a couple days before he was supposed to come home and he's like things are weird but you know i'll be back soon don't worry about me and that was the last she ever heard of him and she spent her whole life and i think she's probably in her mid-50s at this point I mean, every minute of her life with every resource she has, she's not a super wealthy person. So she's had to really, you know, do everything in the most grassroots way, trying to find out what happened to him. She kind of realized eventually that he, he was very likely dead. And, um, you know, a couple years ago, there were some breakthroughs with the FBI and some confessions, and there might be a light at the end of this very tragic tunnel, but it's one of those cases that's so close to me. And like, I've seen her sadness. I felt her grief. And I, as a young kid, didn't process the process it the same way I do now as a 35 year old true crime podcaster, but um, it's a crazy story. And I think there's another podcast that might've covered it actually. Um, but we want to do a case about it. And I have obviously the connection with her and I'd love her to come on. And, you know, Darren and I have done so many missing persons cases. Obviously you guys are the pros at it. And, you know, it's one of those things that takes on a whole different meaning. If you can put that information out into the world, as opposed to like, you know, a murder that, you know, is wrapped up and adjudicated and people are in jail. It's like, if you can highlight a missing persons case and obviously you guys can talk to this even more than we can and it leads to any little type of progress in the case to us that is like beyond rewarding so we're going to be looking into that eventually i don't know we don't have like a time frame for it but that's the one we really want to get to yeah that and yeah. i remember even when john you brought it up to me years ago you weren't even mm -hmm. ready to really talk about it yet like we weren't even going to yeah. mention it and he wasn't ready and which made sense everything comes in your own time but i feel like now because we kind of have our own stake in the game that we can maybe exactly maybe tackle this i mean even with a more uh, a case that most Murray. people would know yeah. we had um we interviewed Dave Holloway, Natalie, Natalie Holloway's father back in Martinis and Murder Days. And, you know, Oxygen was sort of doing the disappearance of Natalie Holloway. They thought that they had found bone fragments of her. It turned out it wasn't that. And so he still kind of, as I'm sure you guys know, just 
searching for any type of answer, whether or not we know. And I would I would really love to kind of get him back on the show when hopefully that Me case too. is solved and, and, and people can kind of come together because that was really a missing case that defined a lot. I was around her age when she went missing and it defined a lot of my formative years. And so I would really like to see an end to that case, uh, some type of book closed on that. Yeah, I agree. Either one of those, you're more than welcome to come back on and, and discuss to. them. Thank you. To. Thank you guys so much. Whenever you decide that you're ready to talk more uh, in depth about them. And honestly, open door policy. Thank Thanks, you. And same guys. to you guys. We really want to have you on. In fact, we haven't interviewed anybody yet for Shaken and Disturbed. We've been saying we want, you know, we want to figure out who exactly is the right fit for us. And as I'm sitting here, I'm like, how great would it be for them to also be our first interview yes. for Shaken and Disturbed? So you guys will have to come on and, and talk with us. We'll take too. our V card, if you will. <laughs> Darren always <laughs> takes it to that place. Sorry, guys. It's required if you're going to talk about murder. You know what I mean? Get shaken and then disturbed by shit that i say so please come on uh, to take our v card we would love to have you guys 